Victor, do you believe that something is something coming our way? Is yes. something coming to America? One hundred percent. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes across the nation that meet weekly for rugged outdoor workouts and a real-world devotion around a fire. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, join us at mensalliancetribe.com where you can find a tribe near you or come to one of our Start the Fire weekends. So check us out at mensalliancetribe.com. Now stay tuned for this great podcast. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm Dave Mills Goose. And I'm Dusty Parker Shadow. And we've got an incredible guest with us today. We've got Victor Marks. Victor, welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, gentlemen. Good to see you, Goose and Dusty. And I know you are a um, you are a busy man and a world traveler. <laughs> and um, I'm just excited about diving into this conversation and getting to hear so much of your story uh, myself, and as as well as just to share it with our listeners. But man, you are you are just back from a huge a huge trip. Why don't we start with that? Tell tell us about where you were um and and what you just came from doing and 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 how that pertains to you know your ministry and and what you're doing yeah um i'm about 48 hours uh, well 48 hours ago i was in gaza city uh with the conflict going on uh we were embedded it was a five man team uh special operations group uh israelis uh as a reconnaissance mission to find out you know, some things that we could do to help leverage uh, our skill sets and uh, experience. Uh, we're trying to help kids and women who are affected by terrorism. So I can tell you it's an absolute crap show over there. Um, mm. Evil. When we, when we, um, and we were told we're the first Americans that were, that crossed into Gaza uh, at the point of Gaza City. But I'll say this, it, it felt like the gates of hell. That's honestly how my colleague, who's a former Morsock uh, Marine, he just goes, man, this this feels like the gates of hell. And when we crossed through, some of the IDF guys who were there actually stayed hidden because there was a sniper shooting. And uh, you know, I'll say this, some people may get it, may not. The most dangerous thing we did was pray. Um, mm -hmm. uh, because I believe there's such a spiritual battle going on and we're praying people. So we stood there, um, fully silhouetted and, and just prayed. We, we prayed standing on that ground, knowing that God was going to do something in the realm we can't see, but we know it exists where angels and demons battle it out. Um, and sure enough, there was a sniper, uh, shooting and it's, it's, of all things, it is on video where a tank, an Israeli tank, come out. It, it, it pulled up and started firing on that sniper's location, uh, and then some small arms fire. So, wow. uh, we were protected, uh, but we do think something happened. And um, yeah, we it's part of our team still there right now, reaching children, and we've reached children on both sides. Mm -hmm. So I want the audience to understand that, and. Um, because some people are waving the Palestinian flag. I'm like, yeah, I'm all for helping people. Uh, but you better denounce Hamas in the same breath. Uh, mm -hmm. Because they're the ones who've caused this. 
And all of this could be over. This war could be over if they just lay down their arms as a terrorist organization, release the hostages. Um, and for, man, goodness sake, stop firing rockets at our locations all over Israel. Um, that's why, man, America better wake up. There's, there's a, when you call good evil and evil good, that's, that's when you know we're in it. Yeah, boy, that's right. It's a spiritual battle for sure. And so you are, you go to these gates of hell spots, as you call them, right? You're going to these hot spots. Tell us a little bit about all things possible. What do you guys do? Yeah. It, uh, well, all things possible. We're celebrating 20 years of ministry this year, and wow! Um, Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I thought we'd ever make it this far, <laughs> um, but you know, we started off in the U.S. reaching kids who were incarcerated. That was our first line of effort okay. that the Lord really put us on. And we did that for many years. We actually still do. It's just quieter now. And then He expanded our reach. You know, and uh, holy smokes. He constantly has put things before us that I, me personally, think, Lord, I, I can't do. Um, I'm not equipped. I'm not, you know, this, that. I, I lay out my excuses, and then he still says, but you've given me no reason. Oh, you have to just trust and obey me. And and we have. So then it expanded to where now, I mean, I think we started getting known in uh, with our time in Iraq for recovering, helping traumatized women and children who've been affected by ISIS. And, you know, and then we were, we got facilitating, be part of getting kids out of very bad situations, including young women who had been sex trafficked by ISIS and kidnapped. So, um, yeah, over there, we were over, we're over 45,000 women and children we've helped with trauma care. So if I had to say what ATP does, it's this simple. We set captives free physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That, that is really just, uh, and it's, it's in all those areas and it looks different. So yeah, we're operational in Southeast Asia. Uh, we're linked with and doing things South of the border here. Uh, Mexico, all the way down to Colombia. Uh, we're still active in Iraq and Syria. Our, we, we have an operational camp inside an ISIS confinement facility in Syria. So we have a center there that, as you can imagine, the persecution is pretty tough. Uh, and they just, ISIS attacked it and burned it down about a month ago. And we're rebuilding. So as long as, it, as, long as the Lord leads us and says, stay in this fight, stay in this battle, uh, then we do. And um, so, yeah. And, of course, here in the U.S., Wow. because I, you know, I always have people on social media say, you know, what the hell? Forget them foreigners. Help us right here. You need to start doing work in the U.S. I'm like, right. son, you better read and do a little research before you leave stupid comments because we've been, we've been helping here for 20 years. We actually have a task force. And we hunt pedophiles, and yeah. it's yeah. not a it's not a fly by night, and it's not sensationalized. It's it's hard, difficult work based on, you know, making sure children are protected, and can we get prosecutions from the DAs around the country? Um, and we've got a very committed, highly professional 
uh, team, and it's expanding right now, even as we speak. So it's pretty darn. I'm I'm excited, but it's a lot of work, and that's why we tell people we need prayer the most. We need prayer the most wow. for battling forces of evil. You know, it seems like there's. A, <clears throat> I can imagine how much um, passion and energy um, the average person feels about these topics and wanting to do something and wanting to, you know, make a difference and wanting to, to help. Um, but we, we, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to start. And we, we start looking around at these organizations. Well, who can I support? Right. That's like the first level is, well, maybe we can just support an organization who's doing it. And that's great. And that's obviously so needed. Um, but then there's this next level and there's this go be, go be the boots on the ground be a team member on this. And that's the, that's a really interesting thing to me about part of what your organization is doing is, is you guys are actually there. You're actually, you know, not just providing, you know, emotional support and financial support and, and everything, but you're, you're literally there physically helping these people. How do you find, how do you find the team members? How do you make something like this happen? Well, each, you know, operationally, each mission is we customize what type of team we need for it. For instance, uh, in Israel right now, we've we've uh, we've got two main teams operating in their lanes. One is for humanitarian relief, uh, trauma care, and um, you know, like uh, there was a band called the Pussycat Dolls, right, back in the day, and. Yeah. One of the singers is on our team uh, mm. because she has a little bit of spice to it and people recognize or know the music and they're like, oh my gosh. Um, and then, you know, two of my sons are on the team. They, they, they've, they've been raised in this. They understand. Uh, and it's, it's more difficult than people think. Uh, then we, the other part of our team are either former operators uh, with a lot of experience or in this case, we brought a, a guy named a True Exodus. That's his handle on uh, social media. Uh, but he's a preacher shooter, and he's a fast select shooter. Because we knew we would be help training some special operations teams. And although he doesn't have military background, um, his shooting skills were needed for basics. And uh, so we brought him. He, he Barrett, and he did fantastic. But then I have other guys colleagues that uh you know fought in Fallujah or worked at the agency um and did very you know very amazing things um and and this what I would say is that every every time we do a mission we try to customize it for what's needed so you know this singer never thought she would be on our team um but we were in relationship and you know, uh, and we said, hey, we've got this opportunity. Uh, you know, we told him more instead of yen. He said, yeah. So what, what's hard for us is we get thousands, and I mean thousands of requests of good-meaning people with varying levels of, you know, experience wanting to be on our teams. Mm -hmm. And the deal is, you know, we the teams stay small. We operate like a special forces group. So it would almost be like, it would it would almost be like at this point with what we're doing, 
someone walking down to 10th group or, you know, um, trying to find where Delta is operating and say, hey, I'd like to be on your team. Right. And it's it's very difficult without a lot of experience and, you know, a mission specific. Uh, but then we we asked a ministry leader's wife, hey, we're going into Syria. We could use somebody like you. She's like, I'm in. So, mm-hmm. see, it, it really varies. Um, and I just tell people, stay in relationship with us, pray for us, you know, obviously support the ministry. Uh, but the other thing I would tell folks is this may be harsh. Most people have a really sincere heart to help and they want to be, you know, they want to kick in a door or, or repel upside down with a cable in their mouth and rescue the babies. Uh, <laughs> and, and none of it is really that sexy. It's, it's so rare, uh, but it is very taxing. And, and you just can't enter this space, do something and get out without being deeply affected. So right. I tell folks, you've got to be called. Uh, and one way, go down to your local police department, go to the sheriff department and say, hey, do you all have a uh, special task force for counter pedophile work or trafficking? If they say, yeah, we do, just say, how can we help locally? Set up prayer time. Sometimes they need gear or equipment. You know, I, I'm telling you. That's a great point. It it really is. It's it's start where you are locally. Yep. And then I tell people, stop looking at porn. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I was at a men's event, and, man, these men got riled up. They were ready to go. And I said, awesome. I said, I, I see a lot of you like to be on the team. Oh, rah. I said, great. What if one of the first things I did was uh, tapped into your IP address or your Wi-Fi system at your house and downloaded a history of what you've been viewing? And we all meet again next week, and uh, and then we'll find out who's who's passing selection and qualification. Well, that room got quiet, mm. and I said, "Guys, That's great, yeah." Here's the reality, and I've seen guys, including Delta operators, get in the space and absolutely take a face plant because morally, in their own private world, they were struggling. And I say, "Look, you can't." come against evil and fight darkness while you're living and playing in it you'll pay you'll pay a horrible price so and no one has to be perfect and i understand people struggle and all that that's that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying people who refuse to understand that um you know this this gateway to evil will will take you out and for those watching and listening the biggest the biggest single danger for child pornography in our country is not the van pulling up and grabbing a kid, uh, you, you know, uh, for pedophilia. It, it's, it's actually the internet. There's over 30 million images, child sexual abuse material images uh, that were transferred last year. And brother, 85% was done at work or mm. through a work, you know, IP. So the danger is people not understanding that child sexual abuse or child porn, you know, but it's the official term of CSAM, is that's being done in every, I mean, neighborhoods around you. And some of Mm. the fastest growing 
consumers of that filth are young men in their 20s. Yeah. And it's because they've been looking at porn since they were 9, 10 years old, and they're numb, so they need more. And trust me, my heart breaks for people who, I don't, I don't hate them. I don't want to ice pick them. Um, for people who are dabbling, they're, you know, struggling. It's like, hey, you need the power of God. You need to repent. You need to be set free. Yeah. But those that are hurting kids, or which you are if you're using those material, you know, those consequences. And uh, I, I know this. The bigger battle is spiritual. We only see what's manifested in the flesh. Man, that's so so true. I worked, um, I worked with a guy, um, in in a counseling capacity, and um, he had been arrested for um, child pornography. Right. And while we're sitting there talking, I mean, he's got the um, the ankle monitor on. And he had he had done some pretty scary time, and he was out, and he had another court case ahead of him, and it was the most one on one time I've ever spent with somebody in that uh, situation. And the thing that just surprised me, and I learned so much from, was how disgusted this guy was at himself with his own behavior. He hated yep. child pornography as much as we do. Yep, and he and he couldn't get away from it and he was disgusted with himself and he he yeah. just felt sick and and um and it was eye-opening for me to talk with a guy who's that addicted to something that they don't want to be addicted to that they don't want any part of but here he was a part of it and he had gotten caught and um you know i think that that's an you know it's so cool for me to hear you say i don't want to ice pick them right i mean because i think that that's like the the one group um you know pedophiles that we we can all put on a pedestal and point to and say yeah. this is a terrible sin i want to kill this guy but really it's like man they are they are hurt and they are sick and they are broken and man they need they need help yes and and good on you for actually i call that thick data thin data people they really don't know so they're just repeating or moving on emotion mm -hmm. and you, you know i know everybody says wood chipper wood chipper you know and and, and look here's the deal I've seen it. I've seen it in other countries where you you hang a guy up and burn his genitals off. Uh, people get bullets put in their head. People get chopped up for sexually abusing uh, kids and raping children. Um, so all that happens, and and I'd say this here in America, it it does. It, the danger is it doesn't stop with. The porn it gets worse and worse, and most people I had I had a, a very key person in this realm who's responsible for you know uh, prosecuting uh, pedophiles, and he said Victor because we we did some work today. He said Victor, we can't we can't arrest our way out of this. He says right. we can't prosecute our way out of this. It's too big. And folks, when I said over 30 million images, videos, whatever, guess how many actual prosecutions were done last year? Mm. Out, out over 30 million. No idea. 300, a little over 300. Oh. You do the math. It, right, it's... yeah, the arresting, that's like mopping up, right? You've got to, you've got to shut off the faucet. I heard, I heard somewhere that there's uh, 
like software that somebody created that can track the IP addresses to where these images are being sent from, but they're not like, uh, I guess the government isn't allowing law enforcement to use it or, or something like that, I read. Yeah, I mean, our task force uses all of the latest technology. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say this, uh, th this is thick data. The, the caseloads are far too great for any law enforcement to be able to. So where are you guys based out of? We're just outside of Richmond, Virginia. Okay. So I guarantee you, Richmond, Virginia, uh, let's just say this, for example. Let's say Richmond, Virginia PD, or the Sheriff Department gets 3,000 tippers a year. 3,000. Uh, these are these are IP addresses. These are you the digital video whatever cases. They can't follow up on three thousand. Right. So let's say they have two guys working child, you know, abuse, and so they're just going. This is bad. This is bad. Which one of these is actually mm -hmm. someone acting and pursuing, or has a child that they're videoing? That's what they go through. All the others, they will be put in the garbage can. Yeah. Known people who are looking at, at the problem is so great. And I tell people this. It's it's like if it was illegal to look at pornography, how in the world would we even arrest and prosecute and jail and penalize people? Right. It, it, it's too big. So this is where I'm trying to help people understand ATP Ministries. Our task force is called the Pedophile Hunter Task Force. And we are going after the worst people. And um, it's not easy. It is not easy. And it's not inexpensive. Because you're dealing with, again, with those numbers, how many times do you see on social media pop up that a preacher was yeah. caught with child porn, a judge, a police officer, a teacher, it's, it is in every aspect of our society. So those of us who are committed to protecting children, you're coming up against some pretty heavy, you know, resources. Yeah. Uh, and there's a danger factor. If y'all remember in Florida, there were two FBI agents that were shot and killed when they were just trying to serve a warrant on an individual who had child porn. So, um, so what's the solution, right? We've talked about the problem. What's the solution? In reality, the solution is people need to be set free. People need to yeah. understand that the power of God is what's able to set them free from this drivenness, from this addictiveness. And, um, and you know, we, we, we have a course online called Restored. People go to victormarks.com forward slash restored. We have a, a, an online course people can take in the privacy of their home. And one of the guys in it with me, you know, used to be in the porn industry. Mm. And he was actually one of the top known guys. His name is Joshua Broom. And he shares from his heart the reality of it, why we must come against it, why children shouldn't have access to it. And then at the very end, we talk about prayer and a prayer aspect that sets people free. And people can actually email us and set up a time on the phone to be prayed for. So wow. 
That's incredible. Yeah. Well, it, well, we'll it, put that link yeah. in our in our show notes here for anybody interested in in taking that online course. Yeah, and you know you still got to do the work. Mm-hmm. It's not a magic wand. It's 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 a person understanding and then realizing they they really are able to be set free, whether they're samplers, strugglers, or addicted. Mm. And I love I love your your message about what can we do. Stop looking at porn, right? Yeah. Start local. Start with yourself. Yes. Get get yourself in order. Work volunteer in your local community, your local police department. Uh, yeah. That's that's an that's an awesome message that I think we often need reminding. Yeah. Of. And again, it's victimarch dot com forward slash restored for that. But yeah, you got to start in the home. Uh, yeah. One of the worst things I've ever heard a pimp say. Uh, a trafficker is we want to thank the dads, stepdads, and uncles for preparing these girls. Wow. Right. Uh, so a lot of people aren't willing to look at the fact of how many children are abused in the home. Yeah. Um, and, and now trafficked because our state of our nation is in such moral decay uh, that it, people be shocked how many moms pimp their daughters out. A lot of that's mainly inner city, but you know, uh, my gosh, we, and that's how we started finding out about this working with kids who are incarcerated. Mm. Cause obviously an abused kid is going to be more volatile and going to have high risk behaviors from violence to drug addiction to, you know, doesn't want to listen to authority. Can't make it in school, but you go back to, well, my gosh, they were sexually abused are beaten as a kid and you just kind of go, wow. So yeah, it needs to start at home. Um, pastors need to preach the full gospel. Um, you know, somehow it's become acceptable, uh, in Christendom for people to commit adultery and fornicate. That's like, what, why don't we talk about this pastors? Why don't you at least say, Hey, if, if you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex with anyone. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you got to do it like God declares. People are being told what their itching ears want to hear. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the situations is a lot of people want to tell their congregations what the congregation wants to hear. Right. You don't get money put in the plate by telling people stuff they don't like to hear. Yeah. I, and I tell, I speak to pastors and conferences and I just go, man, preach like you're never going to be asked back. That's right. That's, that's I love what that. I say because yeah. when I go, that's typically what I do. I go, I'm going to tell you all the truth, and, and for a lot of you, it's going to hurt. Yeah, uh, but you're welcome, and because mm-hmm. uh, we need that. We live in such dark times right now. Just standing up and being a light, and you know, I mean, I want people to understand the context of what I come from, uh, and and I. You know, due to time restraints, I can't share everything right here. Yeah. But, you know, my father was a drug dealer and a pimp at one point in his life. I suffered child abuse as a kid that was considered severe, including torture. And at one point, by a molester, I was left in a commercial cooler as a child. And God restored me. Are there still effects from my childhood? Yes. Uh, the process of healing, I think, is... I'll be perfectly healed in heaven, but mm. I learned not to become a victim, but to, not to use a cliche, but be a victor. You know, I, I, <laughs> I think God knew, uh, you know, my mom naming me that would help me. Uh, 
but stop making excuses for your, you know, boneheaded decisions and just own them. Um, and, and, and also seek help. I had 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months. And for a while I was on meds, some helped, some hurt, but I tell people, most people with post-traumatic stress, the biggest problem in their life is, is, is anxiety or panic. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, there, don't just stay a victim to this. Uh, and there are certain meds that can help you in, in a moment or temporarily without becoming addicted to anything. Use them. And, uh, uh, I like how you've spoken in the past about how God made our minds to be able to be restored. Yes. Know? And it's, it's just, I never thought about it that way, but there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about the restoring of the mind, you know. And you got to believe the scriptures, not 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 just know them, but know them so that your no knows them, right? You're like, right. wow, I, Second uh, uh, Timothy 1, 7, uh, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right, I yeah, have, sound I mind. Have, there are times I've used that scripture, you know, and said it out loud two, three hundred times in a yeah. day, it, you know, so it's uh and then understand warfare, spiritual warfare, how demons will come and fiery darts, and you got to learn to hold up the shield of faith, put on the helmet of salvation, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the belt of truth, right, and the gospel with the boots and and the sword of the spirit, all this matters, and mm-hmm. be aggressive. Uh, look, I've been in times in real world fights uh, where you're, you know, boom, getting pounded on, uh, you know, or, you know, somebody's shooting at you or somebody's dropping mortars on you, all of it. And, uh, and there's a time for defense and then there's a time just to full throttle and say hell to the no anymore. And you just got to go, got to go forward. You got to push. And I'm speaking now spiritually. At times you just got to get up and just go, oh, no. And new scripture and put on worship music and call a friend and say, you know, I've got a friend. He goes, how you doing? I said, good. He goes, but really, how you doing? Oh, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's sucky today. And uh, I mean, I'm on this program just out of Israel and out of some missions into the West Bank, Palestinian controlled Hamas, and then into Gaza. So I'm not even, I mean, I woke up at three. I'm still on my jacked up. And yesterday sucked. It bit big time. I mean, everything agitated, uh, the normal stuff that I deal with when I come out of very intense backgrounds. You feel sadness for those you couldn't help. Yeah. You feel sadness for what you've seen. You know, I tell people, look, I walked into the places that Hamas attacked the week after. I walked in so much blood, children's blood and carnage and uh, all of this that I told my wife and I tell people, I, I, I'll never wear those boots again. I, I, I got new boots. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got new boots. So um, it's, it's stuff like that, that people think they want to be part of certain stuff. I'm like, yeah, you, you don't know what it does to the mind. You better be called before you. You know, you, you you get repelled into the you know, to the side walls of hell to help people. You know, being fallen. Yeah, right. there's a tremendous emotional toll that that takes on us. Yeah. So much. it affects your soul. It affects your soul. 
That's yeah. the best way to put it. So I tell people, unless you're called to it, don't do it. Um, I had somebody tell me <laughs> recently, oh, I want to, I want to go in. I want to go into Gaza where the danger is. And they were like, I go, no, you, you, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. They're like, right. no. And they said this, I love to shoot. <laughs> and I was like, you love. And I had a guy next to me that had been 50 days in Gaza fighting. An yeah. IDF soldier, an SF guy, 50 days. And he's trying, he's pulling his heart out, talking about some of his men can't even go back because they're so. And this person's like, I like to shoot. And I just mm. went, really? How about I step up, punch you in your blanket face, knock you out of that chair, watch you bleed with a broken nose, get back in the chair, and have a conversation with me like nothing happened. And they were like, oh. Uh. And and I would. I'd, I'd punch them <laughs> and knock them out just to prove a point to keep them from destroying themselves. Uh, you know, you be careful what you ask for. Again, I told him, I said, don't let your enthusiasm take you to a place where your experience, skill sets, or even your very character, your soul can't sustain it because there's a price to pay. Ask my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was a cop for a while and that's something, that's something else. It's like when people, you know, people come up and be like, I want to be a cop. You hear people or going to the military, going to the I was in Marines for a while. And, uh, you know, there's just so sexy from the outside looking right. in. It's like, it's, that's just be careful. Cause that's, I think why we have a lot of problems in policing these days is because people become cops to become a, you know, be an authoritative figure. Right. Instead. It's a, it's a calling. If you can't, yeah. If you're not called to that job to help people, then you're you're going to you're make a bad cop, and you're just going to be a very sad person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you yeah. mar- did did you get married? Did your marriage make it? I'm, it it did. Uh, that I'm not. That's one of the reasons why I uh, got out of policing for you. because it was uh, it definitely took its toll. I didn't realize I was depressed for about you know oh, yeah. six or seven years until yeah. after I got out of it, and I was like, wow. And so, and why, why do you think you were depressed? What what were the um, factors that put you in that place? It was just a really oppressive environment. I worked in a jail for a while. Ooh. And uh, so just being constantly surrounded by the, the world's worst, you know, and yeah, just I call a, it a constant darkness. game of wit. Yeah. Constant game of wits. And yeah. um, it's just, and even your, your coworkers, I mean, everyone, everybody's depressed yeah. you know it's like you no. get pulled down with them you know what i, I mean? tell people it, yeah you know how many departments uh when you're working with law enforcement they'll steal yeah. stuff out of your own lot you know your locker 100%. they're like what i'm going they're, yeah yeah no, they acquire we acquire it yeah. yes exactly <laughs> so it, it and and the deal is it's because you're working in darkness right it, and now i tell young men who go i want to join the military i go i wasn't right now yeah bad leadership but find yeah. a I tell them if you've really got this burn and a desire, right? Find a good department, law enforcement department or agency to be part of. Right. And it's not going to be as fun as you think. And it's, you know, it's going to be sucky. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you just feel this like, ah, call, then do it. We yeah. need, we need law enforcement officers right. now more than yeah. ever because the old timers are, they're saying, nope. This is yep. a stupid thing. You know, but- that's another great point right there as a call to action for those 
guys who are all gung ho that want to go with you is man, we need we need law enforcement in your hometown. Completely. Yeah. If you yeah. if you want to um, fight against the evil of the world. Yeah. What better what better way and place to start than as local law enforcement start cleaning up your town? And if you don't have the stomach for that, you're definitely not going to make yeah. it. No. And 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 join the reserves. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the law become a reserve officer. So, okay, I want I want to say one more thing, and then I, I've, gents, I've got to, I've got to bounce. Is you know, we need to be prepared as a nation, as individual states, cities, counties, and neighborhoods for what I believe is a high probability of complete chaos coming. What I saw in Israel, and actually the day after it happened, I made a post and I said, what country would you have never thought would have had a successful terrorist attack? The number one was Israel. Most prepared, most ready, living under that. They got caught completely off guard. And this is what guys I've worked with and I'm, I'm in contact with say, they go, you know, Mr. Marks, we never expected Hamas to do what they did. 3,000 guys attacked in a coordinated attack in 23 different locations, breaching and coming in. We were under prepared. Each community that was attacked only has about 10 rifles per community. They're called kibbutzes, it's a neighborhood. They're only allowed 10 rifles with 50 rounds each. And how can you withstand when they're coming in on Toyotas, motorcycles, RPGs, you know, tons of ammo, grenades, and just wiping people out? So they just say we were underprepared and we underestimated our enemy. Here in the U.S., I'm telling folks, join your neighborhood watch or start one. Get to know your neighbors and and be prepared to be able to defend your neighborhood and help others. Uh, where I have a hard time is people, you know, the, the stereotype of a prepper and, and, and I hear stuff like, oh, I've got enough ammo and food. You know, if anybody mm. comes, I'm going to kill them. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? They're like, you know, uh, you know, my neighbor comes. I'm like, how bad is your neighbor? You're going <laughs> to shoot them because they're hungry? I'm like, what, what a complete coward. That's not the real world. My, my right. family and I have lived in Iraq. We've had a home in Iraq. And we've, we've lived through the zombie apocalypse. We've lived through ISIS. Attack. And let me tell you, life goes on. And you don't just shoot your neighbor right. unless they're trying to kill you. So I'm telling Americans, know who your neighbors are. Find out where the elderly are in your neighborhood and, and get to know them. Find out what their needs are. How about single moms? You know, uh, if you're going to stock food, stock enough for your neighbor. Ask God to provide you with extra income in some way, and he will. Um, and. and we're to be there for people, right? If a bad person comes, like, you know, I told a neighbor, he's like, man, what? I said, he goes, you know, I have 10,000 rounds or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> and said, do you know how to use it? 
lot of people, these brothers, you know, they, they have so much, spend so much money on all the gear and spend like $20 on a, on a, on a pistol course. It's like, yes, spend a little bit of money on the weapon and the majority of your money on the training. How about thank that? you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, and, uh, cause look, we're working with guys in Israel right now and we're training and these are warriors. Right. These are war fighters. Yeah. And guess what? We're on the range. We're in the kill house. We're, we're teaching all the basics. And then, you know, so yeah. yeah, cause I don't want people find rounds over my head over Victor, here. Do you believe that something is something coming our way? Is yes. something coming to America? hundred percent. And I believe it won't be an external attack, gentlemen. They're already here. The cells are already here. And this whacked-out government that we have has fueled it by letting millions in. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, we don't know point. who's in. We don't know uh, who's come in. Actually, so I'll, disagree. <laughs> I'll disagree a little bit. Yeah. I think they've been so intentional. They know who's coming in. I've been on the border. Mm -hmm. I'd say we don't have the complete picture, but brother, there are Chinese, Syrians. Yeah, that's there what are, I'm saying. That, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, it, you, you better know that they're here. Backpacks, money, specific cities they've been assigned to. It's very organized. What do you it's, What do you recommend for the average the average man? Um, you know. Insurance salesman, no military or law enforcement yep. experience. Yep. What does he need to do? Well, I'd say that don't build out a plan that's so big that you can't even accomplish it. You'll be overwhelmed. You know, it's like, oh, uh, it's uh, so from the very basic thing, get what you have on your wall. Go down to go down to the hardware store and get an axe or, you know, a contractor's hammer that it, because if nothing else. If you're not a shooter, you don't have guns, you can't afford If nothing else, if somebody tries to come into your house to hurt you and your family, believe me, your natural, you know, gorilla, monster, beast drive will come out, and you can defend yourself yeah. with an axe, okay? Uh, but then start to build from there. You know, buy a twenty two, practice with twenty two ammo. Uh, yeah. I tell people, get an airsoft gun. Practice <laughs> shooting an airsoft. Uh, so that your muscle memory, and and, and I would tell the person, uh, you know, get your concealed carry, you know, um, add a little extra food in your cupboard every time you go shopping. Think of some water filtration. Think of well, what would I do if my the electricity went out for a certain amount of time? Um, buy the right weapon. I just got a text from, um, Taryn. Uh, over at Terran Tactical. Uh, he's the guy that trained Keenal Reeves for all the John Wick oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he just built me a rifle. He, nice. He, he built me the John Wick rifle. Oh, nice. sweet. <laughs> uh, and, and, and he's given it to me. And he just, yeah, he's, awesome. he, I said, all right. But, hey, there are other companies that have sent me weapons that I'm trying. One that I absolutely love. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because we're actually going to have a website page up okay. with all these recommendations, like simple, Great. you know, hey, here, go to this link, order this book on preparedness and start looking. That's great. But uh, one, one rifle I'm tickled with. Um, and when are y'all going to air this thing? Probably about two weeks. Okay. Maybe, well, maybe one to two. Okay. Well, then I, I'll, let, I'll let the cat out the bag. 
uh, AR. There's an AR platform. It's called Folding or Folder AR. They're doing a signature rifle for me. Sweet. Listen, it's in it's in five five six. It's uh, it's it's a nine inch pistol, but okay, it literally folds. It yeah, the fits butt into stock, a backpack. The butt stock folds in half, right? Yeah. No, it's no? the barrel. Oh, really? Yeah, That's it's cool. it, it's is like high. It, it's so wild because they came out here when I came back from Israel. They said, "Can we show you this weapon system?" I said, "Yeah, come on out." Look, the barrel, the barrel folds. Not the so is it, an, is it an AR pistol? It is. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I love those. I've got one. Yeah. It, it should, doesn't fold. Mine doesn't fold, but right. I love the so, AR pistol. So this yeah. can fit in a small backpack they provide that you carry with you everywhere to the mall, right. to parks. What's the name again? Uh, folder. Fold AR and uh, fold okay. AR and... Um, yeah, they're so, and they'll have a variety. If you want to get the signature series, it's it's kind of you know whooped up pretty good. But you can get a basic one that's cheaper. Uh, I'm I'm looking at American Gun Manufacturer. Um, they just sent me rifle. Uh, there's other companies that are sending me stuff. I'll give a complete like, hey, here's what I think. Here's yeah. where's your budget at. But I, I tell folks, you you got to prepare. Hey guys, is money holding you back from being used by God? If finances are a problem in your life and you're looking for some help, some counsel, some assistance financially, you've got to check out the Main Street Group. It's run by Tom Love, call sign Doc with Tuckahoe Tribe. Okay, Doc is a certified financial planner. He's a fee-only fiduciary. He's a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro. He uses Charles Schwab assets. He will help get you on course in ways that you didn't even know you were off course. He's not just a sponsor of the podcast, but my wife Carrie and I, we use him for our finances personally. He's helped us a ton. He's been ranked number two in the Richmond Times Dispatch, number one in Style Weekly. He's a top 40, under 40 investor. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes. He is the man to see to get you on course financially. God saved Tom spiritually and physically and god is the reason for tom's success and he wants to help others succeed also so whenever you go see tom love aka doc don't forget to mention that you are a part of men's alliance and he will donate your first year of fees back to men's alliance nonprofit 501c3 so he's not only helping you but he's helping our ministry as well so do yourself a favor go see the main street group with Tom Love. It's in the show notes. Check it out. And as always, Dave Ramsey and Charles Schwab are separate entities, and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Check him out. The Main Street Group, Tom Love. Folks, if there's one thing I can just say, no matter what we do to prep and prepare and and be ready and to help and do all this, here here's the reality. We're all going to die. Yep. Unless, unless Christ returns, we're, you know, we're, we're all done one day and make sure your soul is good. And your spirit will make the Bible says born again. Jesus said himself in John chapter three, when he was talking to a religious person, he said, well, you must be born again, Nicodemus say like, born again as yeah. So, and it's simple if you do it for real and it's, you recognize your need. 
for a savior, you, you understand that Jesus is the son of God and his death on the cross is enough for you to have eternal life if you put your trust and faith in him. And that term belief means to cling to, rely upon, and trust in. Because there's a lot of fakery beliefs out there that it's like, my gosh, you're mm-hmm. no more Christian than, you know, you're a Buddhist or right. a Muslim. But cling to, rely upon, and trust in. That faith is a saving faith. And you want to make sure that you're good with God in that way. And I tell anybody who asks me, I don't try to convert Jews or Muslims or atheists. But when people ask me, they're like, do you? How do you? I said, well, I can tell you what I have for my, what I would call, you know, security of salvation. And that's my faith and trust in Jesus. It's the gospel. Amen. And so I, I encourage people. And if they want to find out more about that, contact us. We can send them a link. And that's our right. website is victormarks.com. Send an email. You know, we, we, this past year, we did a quarter of a billion contacts on social media. So mm. it's difficult when people are trying to DM us. And I mean, we've got a team at this point with, with all the reach that we're doing. But here's what I would promo. I have a book coming out. Uh, what month is it coming out? Do you know? Is it April? It's January, February. I think April or May. It's called The Dangerous Gentleman. And okay. Y'all are the first Love the title. telling about yeah. it. Yeah, it's done. And um, it was with a publishing company that, uh, you know, I'd signed a contract, gotten the money, all that. And then somebody came and told us that they're selling the company. Mm. And out of goodness of heart, a leader in that company said, we're giving you an out if you don't want to go with the new company because they'll have the control and rights. And we prayed and I said, yeah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go with that other company. Uh, so we gave back the money, um, you know, and I just got a text today. This is freaky. I just got a text today and they said the owner of the publishing company uh, that was sold to that would have been in control of my book, but we got out is on Epstein's list. Whoa. That's crazy. So I'll tell you all you young men and women, don't let money or the thought of something big or ever overrule you praying and asking God for wisdom. Right. Because if you just go with the flow of what this world says works, you're going to, you're going to be smothered. Uh, You, you won't be in pure ministry or, under God's favor and blessing, it'll be a work of the flesh. So yeah. thank God, you know, we're out. So that comes out. We have a movie coming out uh, uh, on Easter, around Easter. And it's called uh, The Unseen War, and it's a spiritual warfare movie of actually what it's all about, but then how do you actually engage the demonic for victory? You want to fight? We, we're actually giving you the tools to engage the demonic directly and destroy them in your own life and other people's lives. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It's incredible. Other, yeah, no, it's, there's other stuff we got going on, but you guys, that's, that's my best little. Man, you gave us a lot of the book, the movie, the yeah. AR, the folding AR. We got all kinds of stuff to, uh, to right? get excited I, about. Uh, who knows if it gets bad, I'll, I'll do a course <laughs> on pole dancing and just give me some <laughs> coconut oil. And well, dude, before uh, you go, I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah. I, uh, 
I saw you at a youth event like years ago doing your, you know, disarming. Really? And uh, yeah, I think it was somewhere in Michigan. But uh, I went on to join the Marines after that and got into martial arts and then did some contracting and stuff. So you were, uh, you played some type of influence in my life. So uh, I just appreciate you and just all the lives you're pouring into. So I'm, I'm one of them. So I thank you for that. Well, brother, I'm honored that you would say that because when you get a little longer in the tooth and I tell people I'm, I'm not old, but I'm yeah. getting older as an elder lion and you'll start to see it where you do want to inspire and motivate yeah. and help younger men on their journey. So I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to be able to play a small part of that uh, with you. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, brother. Yeah. And uh, we're just so thankful, you know, for your time you've, you've had was he a, about to get emotional. Was he, wait that, a was minute. As, that was as emotional as he gets right there. I was that about was to say, it. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Cry baby. You, you, we get a couple of you Marines around. Man. You, guys oh, are... you, it, it, you give us the wrong crayon. We'll cry yes. like I know, babies. Right? You give us the other crayon. We'll shoot anything that comes through the bad door. That's right. I, love it. I, know, I thought your book would be called like the quiet professional or something. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty close. Yeah. The Dangerous Gentleman, is that yes, it? That's Dangerous it. Gentleman. Yep. And uh, when's it coming out again? Um, I Roughly. April. Okay. March, Great. April. And we're, we're going to start promoting it here probably within the next month or so, so people can pre-order. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's stories. It's just stories of, you know, what God has done and what he's continuing to do. Uh, so, it, and it, it is encouraging. I mean, I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm going to, because people have always asked me, hey, share, share the real stuff of what mm -hmm. God, you know, in a book form. I was like, oh, and I found a guy that listened to me and he goes, okay, I'll write it. So Man, yeah, God, awesome. God's been very faithful. And that's the one word, anything I can say about God Almighty, he's just you been know, faithful. A yeah. huge part of your story too is something terrible happened to you. Yeah. You, your story starts off horrific, and and God has redeemed that and taken something bad that was you know put into you, and you you you're now your output is incredible, right? Mm -hmm. And God's changed something evil for good, and now you are you are literally going around the world rescuing other people from from evil, evil that you know all too well, and I I thank you for that, and. You know, your message is one that resonates so much with Men's Alliance being start in your home, start with your own life. Our, you know, our mission is sharpening men to be the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be. Right there. And you're setting a phenomenal example of that. And whether we've got men listening who want to, um, you know, get more involved with Victor Marks, more involved with All Things Possible and that website and, and in supporting and helping you and your organization, or we've got men listening that just want to, do better at home, yeah. you know, stop looking at porn, um, get involved in your local community. I, th I love what you said about prepping and being able to help an elderly neighbor, right? I yeah. think that's so important, right? The, the goal of prepping, we've got to always keep this in mind. And I want to do a whole podcast on prepping as yeah. a Christian, but yeah. the goal is not to see how long you can live, right? <laughs> like you said, like we're all dying. Yeah. Uh, the, the goal, in my opinion, as a Christian to, when you're when you're doing that prepping is to continue to be a light in the world yeah. for as long as possible and yeah. if things get really really dark in this country like you're mentioning 
then we need that light even more. We need that light to be around as long as we can keep that flame going and we're using it to help others. It's going to be a terrible time if it happens and people are going to be needing that light more than ever. So thanks yeah. again, Victor. This well, has I've been awesome. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. Men's Alliance and who y'all are and what you do. And I recommend y'all to anybody, man, because it's, this is, this is how it's done. It's, it's, People overthink this about stuff that's super big, super. It's like, no, no, just, man. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. I'm going to let you wrap us up, Shadow. I mean, I think that's it. We just, <laughs> I just think I'm fanboying over here that yeah. I actually get to talk to you. So it's just uh, cool, man. I love really it. appreciate it. Well, yeah. I appreciate y'all's friendship and brotherhood. And you'll yeah. let me know if I can help you on any way. But thanks for having me on the program. Uh, and until for next sure. time, man, let's go full throttle for God. And, uh, and stay close to him. Amen. Right? Yeah, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All these things will be added to us. All right. You heard it. We'll see you guys around the fire. Thanks for listening to the Men's Alliance podcast. We hope to see you in one of our tribes or at one of our unforgettable weekend experiences. So join us at mensalliancetribe.com. You know, in Israel, you're not a. Uh, you can only own a, a handgun mm. uh, with X amount of rounds, and you can't carry it on you. Now, now they can because it's war. If you're <laughs> right. everybody's called up, right? Yeah. But they don't have a second minute. They, as a matter of fact, you can't carry a blade on you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now it's changing because there's some. You know, now they're like, oh, oh my gosh, so. It's it's just what you said earlier, man. People need to know how to change out a mag, right? Engage a target, understand what's your backdrop, how I to see, use low yeah. light, yeah. Right? Just all the basics. And I would train people. I do out here. I train people on airsoft, right? I, I like to I like to just tell people just to be a big part of prepping is just being aware of your surroundings oh, and gosh. being able to get out of a situation before it happens, and just knowing how to evade how to do you have an escape plan for your house if something happens? Like, yeah. It's, how to get out? Not even, not even, maybe you're not a confrontation person and you just, but some people just don't even know how to get out of their own house right. safely no, and effectively. Right. You know? And the essay is so important. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you guys. So we were in a bad place. I was making a meeting um, and the, t the clock was ticking because Hamas was everywhere. So the guys I was with, my team members are, I mean, highly, highly experienced. Right. Former. Three-letter, you know, company guys. And, yeah. and uh, so I'm making this meeting to prep and to recon about something. And and uh, and then we pushed it a little bit further. But they're watching trucks come by, one guy, three guys. And they know that they're somebody's building a plan to hit us. And when I saw this, boom, we were in a vehicle moving. Uh, we we exfilled right out of there. And which... It, there's a saying people have about me. I'm always, you know, six hours ahead of ISIS or yeah. bad guys. This right. one, we were minutes ahead mm. because had we stayed still any longer. But that was the environment. We couldn't do any better than that. It, it, it closed it down to, to minutes. Uh, but again, that situational stuff. Yeah. yeah. That matters. 